voice and music and songwriting of Tanil Nedda. She's our next guest on The Lydia Project. So thanks for tuning in and having a listen. I hope you find this conversation interesting and encouraging as you hear more about why she writes her music, how the process goes, and just a few other background things about the whole business. I found it a really encouraging conversation as she talked about the work of Jesus in her life and how she clings to him and the hope that he offers. Tanil, welcome to the Lydia Project. It's lovely to meet you over Zoom and to be able to have this conversation with you. Now, I normally ask people how they became a Christian as my first question, but I'm going to slip in a little extra one at the beginning because you're in Western Australia. So I'm just wondering if you can describe to me where it is you live and what you can see when you look out your window. So I live in Karatha, which is about, I think it's about 2,000 kilometres north of Perth. It takes us about 16 hours driving from Perth. And we actually live at the end of a suburb. So when I look out my window, there's like heaps of vacant land around us. So it's pretty much like red dirt and spinifex. <laughs> at the moment because it's been pretty hot actually there's, there's bits of green because we've had a bit of rain as well so beautiful so you are in the remote of the remote yeah, <laughs> yeah. well wow. I'll ask you how you came to live there in a second but firstly how did you come to know Jesus I never know how succinct to be when people ask me this question I was sort of raised a theist my mum sort of became a Christian when I was, when she was pregnant with me, actually. Um, I have an older brother. So when she was pregnant with me, she said she became a Christian and kind of went to church a little bit when I was younger. But then my parents separated when I was eight. And yeah, I didn't really go to church for a big chunk of time. My parents prayed with us. And I think, yeah, we went, we went to church on Christmas and Easter. So I suppose I, I had like an idea of Christianity and I, yeah, and I believed in God. But I just had no idea what that meant, really. And I wouldn't say that I had a very personal relationship with Jesus. And then I guess it was sort of like a journey, really. Like my younger brother was quite angry and (laughs) was not going in a very good direction, um, kind of like through the teen years um, and struggled with a lot of anger and, and things. And he became a Christian when he was 18 and he had quite a radical conversion like he had a really radical heart change kind of overnight and I remember being like really concerned for him before this and even praying like to God about him because I was so worried um and then yeah he became a Christian and believed the Bible and I remember him saying to me like that he believed the Bible and I was like really all of it like <laughs> but yes yeah, so I think his conversion really impacted me just to witness that change because before that I was very very skeptical and I was like no people don't change I was quite cynical I was like I'm never getting married very distrusting of people in general yeah so that was a big witness to me and that that sort of happened around 21 for me and then kind of over a period of maybe like four years I just started yeah reading my bible and reading books like me Christianity and looking to apologetics and kind of went through my own personal journey I suppose and I had a few key people in my life that really loved me and took me under their wing and discipled me and were like super patient I look back now and I think oh they're saints like (laughs) I would have been so impatient (laughs) um 
so that was really lovely and so I, I ended up kind of like reorienting my life to be back in Perth because I was over east at that stage sort of doing music more full-time at that by that point and yeah I started going along to like a little theology class that the pastor was running and I just loved it and I loved learning about God and so I signed up for like an internship the following year and yeah so I think I sort of intellectually sort of like made the decision to follow Jesus and then I think it was probably six months later like I, I, I certainly did love I loved God and I made the commitment to be a Christian I was going to church and I do remember I kind of had a bit of a moment a few months into my internship where I was sitting with my pastor and we were reading passages of scripture where it talks about God's love for us and Christ died for sinners and you know and I kind of just had a I guess a real moment where I accepted um, that God's love for me wasn't dependent on me or anything in my past like yeah I do remember from that time really just feeling a, a really deep sincere heart change in really understanding and accepting that grace I think before that I was kind of like still struggling like no you can't really love me like <laughs> so that was I'm 34 this year and I was probably I don't know maybe 25 so yeah getting old <laughs> Oh, that's lovely to hear. And yeah, when you sort of really went, oh, you know, God actually loves me. <laughs> did you feel a bit funny that you were sort of in the middle of an internship at that point? Or did you just, you didn't care? It was just your journey and you were just so happy to kind of come to that realisation. Do you mean sort of like, did I feel funny because like before that I was like thinking, oh, am I really a Christian kind of thing? Or yeah, a little bit. Or did you sort of feel like, oh, whoops, I probably should have got this beforehand. I don't think you should have, but I'm wondering if you felt like that. I think in hindsight, maybe like, you know, in hindsight, I can see the Holy Spirit working in my life. And I definitely had that, you know, that drawing to God. And I think I knew that too, because just the way that I had, I had quite drastically changed my life and my lifestyle um, and made this commitment. I think um, and probably too, because my pastor at the time was so loving and gracious and just, oh, I feel so fortunate because he just upheld scripture with authority and nothing was like his opinion. It was like, no, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says about you and God's love for you. And it's objective and it's true. And so every time I went to him, he just kept pointing me to Jesus, pointing me to Jesus. And so I never had like this unnecessary guilt or like anything like that and yeah I think I was only maybe a few months into my internship and we were reading a book about like the character of God and so I think he knew kind of where I was at the whole internship was geared towards discipling me for where I was at and I feel really blessed <laughs> for his grace. Yeah that's lovely and I, I love that you mentioned the four-year sort of process because it is easy to be impatient when we kind of want you know, we've shared the gospel. Why haven't they become a Christian? But yeah, it, it some people time, doesn't it? Oh yeah, and even now when I make friends like with non-Christians, I'm like, come on, like you know, <laughs> I should know from my own experience. Like, it can take time, and you don't know where people are at in that journey. And yeah, totally. You mentioned a lot that was about ten years ago, and life now is quite different from the music scene in Sydney that you're involved in and what does your life look like now? I have two boys. So I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. 
and my husband and I live in Karatha and we, we moved up here after we had Joseph, our oldest son, because I went back to work driving trains on the mines up here and my husband did a master's of teaching. How did you get into train driving? <laughs> I moved up to Karatha when I was like 18, as soon as I finished school. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I had some family up here at the time. So I moved up and I just, yeah, I just, I lived with my auntie for a while and I did a few random jobs. And then I ended up getting a job as a rail car examiner, just sort of like field maintenance and things on the ore cars. And then I just progressed internally with the company and ended up being a yard driver. And yeah, so it wasn't like when I was a kid, I didn't, you know, have like toy train sets and I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a train driver. <laughs> it kind of just, yeah, I guess I, you know, fell into it in some ways from living up here. And But do your kids think it's cool that you're a train driver? Oh, my son loves it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Every time he good. drives past, he says, oh, there's mummy's trains. <laughs> yep. You drive them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. And so, sorry, I interrupted. So you've got two kids and you drive trains and. All right. My husband. Yeah. So he finished his master's of teaching um, at the end of last year. So um, I went back to work and then I fell pregnant with our second son, Isaiah, and I went on maternity leave. Dan was meant to have finished the master's of teaching, but because of COVID, his practice got pushed out. So then, yeah, so we had our second son and then he finished at the end of last year. Yeah, but at the moment I've gone back to work part-time and Dan, my husband, has the boys. And then when I'm off, he sort of does a bit of work and then throwing in the mix is kind of music stuff. And <laughs> so it's a bit of a juggling act at times. But, yeah, that's where life is at right now. And Tell me about the music stuff that you do. Well... <laughs> it's funny people at work sometimes say oh do you still do you still do music and I'm like what does do music mean I suppose like I I love music and I'm always writing and I love singing and I serve at church doing music ministry and yeah I suppose like before I was a Christian I was writing secular original music like singer-songwriter folk music I suppose and then after I became a Christian I sort of well, even sort of, yeah, I guess in the process of becoming a Christian, I had a bit of a break from music. Um, and then, yeah, after I became a Christian, I just naturally were writing songs about that faith journey and about my faith. And, yeah, so since since then I've released one EP, which was called Mercy. And then I've just in the process of releasing a second EP now as well. Like, I guess you would say the devotional Christian singer-songwriter songs. <laughs> How would you describe your music style? Probably, yeah, more more devotional, I would say, than Sunday congregational. At this point, I don't have anything against writing congregational worship, but um, I think what's sort of naturally been on my heart the last few years has been more, yeah, songs just influenced by my faith and my experience of life and relationships, I guess, through the lens of my faith. So anything I write now I can't help but write from a Christian worldview I mean like there is a song on my first EP Mercy which is literally Psalm 86 not very much paraphrased and I guess you would say it's probably folky folky pop maybe <laughs> folky pop. so I had a little bit of a listen and it was quite kind of mellow and dreamy they probably are more like meditative acoustic or soft or dreamy my voice is quite <laughs> soft I suppose a lot of the songs come just from like me praying or reading my Bible. So maybe that's why they're so 
meditative or contemplative in nature. Yeah, I don't really know the whole kind of music world or or the Christian music world, but just sort of tell me. So you write them for you, and that that is that hard work or is that kind of enjoyable? Like, and and then are you sort of writing them hoping that other people will sing them or enjoy them or like how does that all sort of work? Well. I'm not too disciplined with writing like I (laughs) sort of like when I was writing for secular music I had a publishing contract for a while and in my early 20s I was more disciplined and I did lots of co-writing and worked with lots of different producers and stuff but um especially these days like I have to write in such small snippets of time like it's opportunistic and it usually stems from like yeah reading my Bible or like praying or something particularly on my heart or whatever. So I definitely don't have much time for it to be like a discipline. So, yeah, I think it's my main way of processing thoughts and emotions, I suppose. So I find it quite like therapeutic to write songs. So it's definitely not a chore. Sometimes I have periods where it's particularly dry and I'm like, oh, Lord, am I ever going to write a song again? (laughs) Because I probably rely a lot on more like, yeah, inspiration, I suppose, than being disciplined about it um, or writing with a particular purpose in mind, like congregational worship. I have started to do some co-writing and I am kind of working on a record in the background with someone in the States, which is more of a worship project. So that takes more intentionality, especially with different time zones, (laughs) to try and get the right day and time to co-write on Zoom. But yeah, I guess... Like I had no expectation that with my first EP Mercy, I did a Kickstarter for it and it was like very low budget. At first I was like a bit daunted at the idea of recording them because some of them, um, like I've got a song called Person in Christ that I wrote when I first came to faith and it's quite a personal song. I was like, oh, what are people going to think? It was like my first Christian release after doing, you know, sort of secular music. But yeah, it was just, yeah, on my heart for some time. I was like, I should record them and they might encourage other people And so I made that EP with a friend down in Bunbury and I had no expectation at all. And then we just released it on Spotify with the help of a friend in the UK. And then, yeah, people seemed to listen to it. And I got all these like really encouraging um, messages from people saying how much the songs have ministered to them and pointed their hearts to Jesus. And yeah, so that was really, really encouraging. And I think that kind of motivated me then to think, oh, okay, I should <laughs> keep writing and, and releasing more songs. And yeah. Yeah, that's good. Do you look at sort of download numbers or are you just like, if people are enjoying it and sending me messages, that's great? <laughs> I guess there is a bit of a, like, a tension, I suppose. Like, I think it's natural to want people to like like it. But I certainly, I try and remind myself that, yeah, I guess I feel like God has given me a gift of, you know, singing and writing or whatever. And and so if I can use that for his glory and for his people to encourage them, then that's wonderful. And it's, and it's great if lots of people are encouraged by it and lots of people get to hear it because I guess that means that it might be something viable for me to keep doing. I mean, it's very hard. Like I don't make a cent. Like someone asked me the other day, oh, do you make any money off your music not that that's why I do it and I just I laughed because for like a million streams on Spotify you get like I think it's like $500 or something so right and it costs it costs like 15,000 to make a six track EP so I see it as a as a ministry really like 
and I've managed to like fundraise for the last two EPs it'll never be something that will be like it would be wonderful if it could like financially self-fund so like if I could raise enough money every year to just keep recording songs to encourage people you know we record stuff at home like I record my vocals at home so like I always try and find ways that I can just keep recording and releasing content that might encourage people in a way that's financially viable. It's actually really interesting to sort of hear the background of it because it's a world that I don't know but it's actually just so lovely to hear you talk about why you make it and what you're hoping to do with the songs and what you're hoping God might use them for so yeah thank you. I think there's a lot of like devotional Christian music that definitely not all of it but just in my experience that can be maybe shallow and maybe not very authentic or sincere or just a bit narrow in its scope of like our experience of life and you know like when you read the psalms they're so rich and you know I think yeah so I guess there is part of me that I guess I am in a sense trying to write devotional songs that are a bit more complex theologically and delve deeper I hope into like our human experience and the array of emotions that you experience as a Christian and you know and try and be honest and sincere and authentic in how I do that and a lot of that is shaped by what I'm going through in my own life I guess that's kind of always in the back of my mind when I'm writing yeah that's interesting and I guess that's kind of the advantage of it being more devotional that it can be so uh, varied in its content and emotions and form because our church songs just by nature of not being able to learn five new songs every week we do have a limited set of songs don't we and yeah and sometimes it's not appropriate to sort of be mourning our sin for a whole song on a Sunday yeah it might be but certainly you know listening by yourself that can be really helpful kind of yeah definitely I think the context is really important and um like you say, I think there can be room for poetic license and beautiful ambiguity in a devotional song, but then maybe in a congregational song, (laughs) you don't want to necessarily have like this ambiguity um, when you're singing truths about the gospel or about God or Jesus, you know, like you kind of want it to be a bit more concrete. This is God. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, yeah, there is more poetic license with a devotional song. If people do want to listen to your music, how do they find it? Um, So it's on all the streaming platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, if you search Tennille Netta. It's a bit of a mouthful and it's kind of got weird spelling. (laughs) So in hindsight, I should have thought of an easier name. (laughs) But, yeah, Tennille Netta. Or you could search Mercy, which is the first EP. The second EP is What Is My Hope? Or, Or my website has all the links, my Facebook. If you want physical CDs, you can order them from my Bandcamp. You search Tennille Netta Bandcamp, it'll come up. Beautiful. And we'll pop all the links in the show notes. So if you're currently listening to this and you're walking along and you think, I don't know how to spell that, just <laughs> yeah. everything in the show notes as I'm pointing down, but nobody can see me. <laughs> yeah. I toured with yeah. our friend collective um, when my second son was like three months old. We did like an Australian tour with them. It was crazy. But um, at every show, my husband was so lovely. Like I was breastfeeding, so I would feed my baby go to the show, play the set, go back to the accommodation. My husband, I would feed him. My husband would go back to the venue and sell merch and like chat with people. And then it was just like logistical 
craziness, but um, everyone apparently would come up and be like, what's her name? What's her, like, because <laughs> I suppose Tinny was not super common. And how do you spell it? It's T-E-N-I-E-L-L-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Netta is actually my middle name and it's okay. N-E-D-A. And so many people say like Nita or Nada. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, not. Where does Nita come from as a name? So my dad's side's Croatian and my baba, which is grandma, her name was Neta, and it means born on a Sunday. So she was born on a Sunday and then I was born on a Sunday. And so, yeah, they were going to name me Neta as my first name, but, yeah, ended up being my middle name. Now, my kids have just come home from school, so just give me 30 seconds and I'll tell them what I'm doing. Hold on. Sure. <laughs> hey, you okay? <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> Oh, this is my son, Ethan. Hello. <laughs> All right, off you go. <laughs> when I was Googling you, I got to your website and there were a couple of music videos, which kind of surprised me because I sort of thought, oh, wow, Christian music, I just hadn't thought of music videos and how they fit with that whole world. I mean, the last time I watched music videos was when I was like 15 and staying up all night watching Rage. So <laughs> tell me, firstly, what was it like to make them? That's so funny because, yeah, my husband, his undergrad is like film and video. So he made my music videos. Uh, my ones that I did when I was with Universal, that was like pre my husband. So that wasn't Dan. But the video for Mercy and Valley of Vision, my husband made. Mercy video was all shot around the Pilbara where we live. So the Salt Flats were out near Wickham and Settlers Beach is this beautiful beach at um, Wickham as well and there's a quite a bit of like drone footage of the area so it kind of looks probably like a promotional <laughs> video for the Pilbara but um it was actually really hard because we, we wanted to go at sunset so we got a friend to babysit our son and Wickham's about 40 minutes from where we live so we drove out there and we did the shots on the salt flat with the drone and then we went to get back in the car <laughs> And the battery was flat because we left the headlights on and it was really, really hot. It was like 40 degrees and I was wearing that long sleeve dress and like there was heaps of flies. Like there were so many flies that we actually couldn't use heaps of the footage because there was like flies everywhere all over me. <laughs> it was not glamorous at all. <laughs> oh my God. You just wouldn't know it. Like it looks beautiful. So your husband's a good editor then. <laughs> he managed He's to get rid of all the fly shots. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's really good. Yeah. So we got stranded for a bit and then, yeah, it was a bit crazy. And then Valley of Vision, I was like very pregnant. I think I was 32 weeks pregnant and I was really, really tired and we just shot it in our lounge room. <laughs> and then Dan got the other footage, like whatever was outside when I, yeah, not, not with me. I feel like I've got the inside scoop there on <laughs> Oh, wow, that's fun. And so then do people, I mean, I know people who listen to Christian music through YouTube, so I guess that that would be the YouTube clip that pops up for them. Is that yeah. sort of how, how they're mainly viewed, do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think YouTube is, I don't know if this is right, but I've been told that the main way people consume music is through YouTube now. I read the interview that you gave on um, the Gospel Coalition website and it was just lovely to read what you said about meeting up with people one-to-one. -one. So after I did my internship, um, I went to Trinity Theological College, which is in Perth, and I did a diploma over two years. Yeah, so at our church in Perth, I guess in different seasons of life, I've had, like, more time. <laughs> so 
um, before kids, you know, we, we did like youth ministry and we did Bible study and we did music and all that. And I was probably meeting with people more one-to-one in that season of life. And then since coming back up here, yeah, like we do, we do a Bible, a ladies Bible study through church up here. And, and we have just another family midweek Bible study. My workplace is obviously like a very secular environment, like out of about 120 people, there's maybe like one other Christian person. Um, and that's probably also 80% males. So it's an interesting place to work, but I actually feel like I was really anxious before I went back to work. I think just coming out of like having 14 months off, but I just love, I love having conversations with non-Christians about Jesus. Like I think that I definitely have a heart for sort of whether it's, whether you would even call it explicit evangelism. I think just, I love sharing my faith with people that aren't Christians and I really do see yeah, my workplace and all of life and all those relationships as opportunities to share the gospel. And my husband and I both try to be intentional about spending part of our time trying to be hospitable, trying to build those relationships. And it's not a massive town and there's a few churches, but yeah, I think there's not a whole lot of Christians (laughs) in Karatha, like if you take into account the whole population. So (laughs) it's an opportunity to be intentional as much as we can, even though this season of life is pretty hectic with little kids. Um, a lot of those relationships are with friends that I work with that also have little kids and you try and find commonalities, common ground, so you can build those relationships. And so I would say that that's always in the back of my mind at the moment as well. And isn't that great that work does give you that opportunity to just meet and chat and get to know and do life alongside so many people who aren't in the Christian world? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's not, I don't see them as like projects or anything like that. That's like so crass, but just to build relationships and to love them and to try and live and be different in an environment where it's not Christian. And I do 12 hour shifts. So you work with people, you spend a lot of time with people and sometimes they share their struggles and, you know, so you do have this like unique opportunity and insight into people's lives and I try and that kind of like motivates me as well (laughs) on those when I'm going to get up at 4am. Absolutely. Do you have a favourite Bible verse to kneel? Oh, just one. (laughs) So hard to choose. I do remember when I was little, when I was like 11 or 12, I had this, you know, those pocket Bibles. There was like one that I found in my room, which was Psalms and Proverbs. And it was a little pocket book. Uh, yeah I probably would have only been 11 or 12 and I just opened it to Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 and um, I wrote the verse on a pillowcase with a fabric paint (laughs) oh it's like you know those like they're just like squidgy like bottles with fabric paint and I just wrote it on this red pillowcase for my mum and it's just always stuck with me it's probably that you know my first memory verse without knowing that I was learning a memory verse (laughs) yeah is that is that the trust in the Lord with all your heart? In you can finish it for me. <laughs> trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. What keeps you standing firm in Christ? It's funny because um, this new EP, What Is My Hope? It's like the first question of the catechism. And I feel like lately a lot of people, not, not people that I know personally, but I've just noticed a few artists that I follow that were Christian artists, like aren't Christians anymore. And I was thinking about it and I was like, like, 
um, you know, with COVID and everything, I think the last 12 months for a lot of people has been crazy. But I guess on this EP, I had I really did contemplate a lot this idea of like our hope in Christ and our future hope and that it's secured because of the person and work of Jesus. And that might just sound like, you know, they throw around the person and work of Jesus as a theological term, but he was a real person and he is personal. And I think the thing that really compelled me to Christianity as well is that Jesus, the son of God, entered into our humanity and lived this life and died for us and rose again. And I believe that intellectually and I believe it with all my heart and I experience it as well through the Holy Spirit and I trust in God's word. And I think clinging to him, clinging to his word and his truth, it just anchors me and it gives me hope. And I don't feel like I definitely have moments where it's hard, like it's not not hard to believe, but, you know, you, you ask questions and obviously sometimes circumstances are particularly challenging, but I think it's not just a cliche for me anyway to say that my hope is secure in Christ because I really believe he is who he says he is and that he accomplished what he says he has accomplished. So thank you so much for answering all my questions about deep things of Christ and shallow things of music videos. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate it. No worries, Rory. Thanks for chatting. My hope in life and death